Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. We had an amazing weekend in Atlanta, and uh, the mission there is very unique because we're reaping where we haven't sown. Every time we go down there, we meet new families. It's very interesting. Um, don't you love that about the work of God? People are, um, the Spirit draws people, and a um, lot of great opportunities for evangelism. We did a lot of visitation. I think we did almost 300 miles driving in visitation. I didn't realize how big Atlanta is, so we are kind of scoping it up a little smarter next time, but um, <laughs> then a huge, you know, good-sized group went evangelizing, and I met a guy from Glen Burnie there. It was funny. I'm on the side of, you know, witnessing there in Marietta Square, and he's like just saying how we're missionaries from Baltimore, and he goes, I'm from Glen Burnie. I said, no, you're not. And he goes, yes, I am. So we had a good time there. Uh, just amazing how you go halfway across. Well, it's actually not halfway across. It's just you go, to, you go hundreds of miles, and then you meet somebody that's at your doorstep. So, But uh, Father, bless these words today, and uh, thank you for each one here. Lord, encourage our hearts, strengthen our hearts. We bless your name today. Bless our seniors. Thank you for them, and have them follow on to know you in a personal way, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if you want to turn to Hosea for a minute, Hosea 2.15, I want to talk about the door of hope, and um, just interesting, uh, again, just breaking in a, into a new area, you know, many are watching online, but um, just how much hopelessness is in the world, it's, people are hopeless, one, one guy, one testimony was, um, Josh was sharing this with me that the guy said, I feel like in my life I've been swimming in sand. And if you know anything about sand, it's really difficult to pass through, right? He says, but now you're like my ocean. Like he was really set free in the conversation. And, and um, you know, thinking about America, I was talking with Gian here and, and um, Brian that... Satan is the waster of cities, isn't he? He's the waster of nations. And uh, when he is exposed, we're going to say, wow, this is the one who weakened the nations, this, this guy. And, uh, but uh, last night I, I was online watching uh, information about Seattle, Washington, and, and um, we're really seeing our, our cities... Uh, really deteriorating and really being wasted like the what's going on in Seattle if you ever want to google something shocking um you know just people just uh, homelessness to such a level uh where they're just filling the streets downtown the smash and grabs they're just stores cannot hold their materials because people are just blatantly stealing and without any type of recourse. Um, so I was really burdened just thinking about, you know, different places that uh, God, God wants you and I to preach the, the gospel and have a door of hope and to represent Christ because the devil has advantage. Uh, but we've been called to disturb demons. We've been called to 
declare the Bible, right, and to go by faith. Uh, and isn't it interesting, when you start to present Christ and the Bible and truth, it's amazing how demons are disturbed and they're dislodged. And then we take back territory for the kingdom of God. And uh, so thinking about Atlanta, just, um, just in our conversation with people, we met a guy from New Orleans or Nylans, how do you say that? Nylans. Pastor Carl probably could say it better. <laughs> uh, just people are waiting to be found. We met him in the airport and just, um, you know, there's that religiosity, but when you're real with them in faith and real with them about the relationship of grace, uh, it's almost like another language. We were sharing with this one guy that told us, you know, about his church, churchianity, his church background, and, and then we just started talking about grace, amazing grace. And the guy got really quiet. He got really quiet. He's like, it was as if he didn't know what we were even talking about. And it's like the message that God's put in your heart, it, is, it, is, it, it, it represents a kingdom that, and a, uh, a healing, I think, for the de-churched. There's a lot of de-churched people. Um, there's a lot of, yes, unchurched, but de-churched. And... Uh, one thing we were talking about in our meeting is I'm not here to talk about your wounds or your problems because we all have them, but we're going we're gonna to step into a new place and talk about the Lord, and, and we're gonna, not going to diminish what's happened. We're not going to deny what's happened, but we're just going to give authority to what can move us forward, right? And um, so we had a beautiful meeting, and after our meeting Saturday night, people were weeping. It was, there were, people were broken. I hadn't seen that in America anyway in a long time. Uh, people just broken. And I just think like words that you speak that are anointed words can break the yoke and the bondage, Isaiah 10, 24, that people are living under. And um, isn't that amazing? Like, like literally, uh, you know, people can be in bondage to their own concept of God, right? And, and then one, one gentleman said to me after the meeting, he said, you know, he, he, like, took three deep breaths, like, he couldn't even answer quickly, and I thought, you know, is he okay? Is he hyperventilating or something? But he just, he couldn't, he was composing himself. He just says, you know what, this is one of the first meetings I've been to in a long time where I wasn't beat up in a church. I said, well, keep coming back. God wants to build you, right? God wants to build you, you know? And this person's been in their in their in church all their lives. So I'm not here to to bash churches, but I'm, I'm here to say that there's a message that's not being preached that needs to be preached, and it's the Bible. Uh, it's declaring the person of Christ, and, um, and there's lots of love and joy, a lot of freedom, amen? Love, there's freedom in love, right? And that's truth. So look at Hosea 2.15 with me. So... Um, just thinking about this door, we shared a lot about this door, and I maybe I'll take it to another place today, but when you look at this verse, I will give her vineyards from there in the valley of Acre as a door of hope, and she shall sing there in the days of her youth as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. And if you know anything about the valley of Acre, it's a place where Achan was stoned for stealing um, the garment and the gold and the silver and hiding it. 
And not only Achan was stoned, but his whole family. Any, anyone that was privy to that action of disobedience was, was stoned. And that's pretty severe, isn't it? When you hear that, it's like, whoa, God's not messing around, you know? But what I love about the B part of this is in that valley of trouble, in that valley of judgment, in that valley of sin, there is a door. There is a place of hope. And it's really a representation of the cross of Christ where we transition through Christ into a new place. And no matter what valley we're in today, no matter what suffering or pain or problem, self-inflicted or unjustly afflicted, God is saying, I am your door in John 10, 7 through 9. I am the door. And it's interesting about doors, isn't it? It's like you need a door, right? You just can't walk through the wall, right? That would be kind of difficult. But you need an entryway. You need a transitional point. And knowing that in our faith, God is always leading us to himself and from himself. Like, what do I mean by that? It's like, Jesus walked to the cross, but he had resurrection life from the cross. And I just think as Christians, we are led to God, and then, the, then the, uh, the Spirit of God, the authority of God, the power of God is, is the fruit of going through that, that place of the cross. And it, there's a lot of hope, isn't there? Hope. Not hope in people, not hope that things are going to get better. Uh, things probably will get worse, actually, but our hope is in Christ. And I really believe, don't you see that? I, we heard great um, testimonies from from um, the, the team that went to Richmond, you know, with Jesse Fires in the group. I, there's hope. I think God is preparing our country for, for the gospel, <laughs> right? We see that in Wilmington, right? Like people are queued up and ready to go. You know, it's like the football punt, right? They're holding the ball right at that, that one spot, and they're going to boot it into the end zone. It's like, and I think as we near the rapture, um, we want to find the door of hope. And there's always hope when we present Christ, amen? There's always hope. So let's, let me show you a couple of verses today about that. Uh, Acts 14, finding the door, finding the door of hope in our families, finding the door of hope in our jobs, finding the door of hope. Uh, when we open our Bible, right, where we, we transition, we go from death to life, we go from immaturity to maturity, we go from hate or indifference to love. There's a transition. And this is why uh, Jesus said, Achan did something wrong, but that's not, that's not the end of the story, right? I'm going to make, right in the middle of that mess, right in the middle of that problem, I'm going to put myself there as a redemptive, as a redemption. And uh, so I want to give you a couple doors, okay? I want to give you a couple doors to think about. Acts 14, 27, there's the door of faith. Now, when they had come together and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And we know that uh, God is pleased with faith, and he's always leading us in faith because faith sees God, right? Don't you love that, the door of faith? Some, just like Peter, he did not know um, that he would walk on water until he stepped out of the boat. God will lead you in faith, right? Like the plunkets today on the, on the airplane. 
on their way to Singapore, a door of faith, maybe a conversation. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a word that it, people are reminded of, maybe something in their past, and all of a sudden God opens their heart. Like Lydia, her heart was opened, and God touched her heart. Uh, let's, let me show you a couple verses here. 2 Corinthians 2. How about healing, right? When we come to the Lord, He transitions us from our pain into a place of healing, right? Emotional healing, physical healing. Um, but, uh, yeah, 2 Corinthians 2, 12, it says this. It says, furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and that's the only gospel, by the way. It's good, isn't it? People, people have a lot of gospels out there, but the only gospel is Jesus plus nothing. And a door was opened to me by the Lord. Who opened the door? The Lord did. I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find my brother Titus, but taking my leave of him, I departed from Macedonia. The Lord opened this door, and there was no rest in my spirit. I think that's a good... There, there can be this... Um, you're pr provoked to want more. We're content, never satisfied, that, that type of uh, principle. Um, but he was provoked that the door was opened. Now, now, there can be a locked door, and we can look through the, the keyhole and kind of see what's on the other side, right? Sometimes our faith can be like that. We kind of get it. We see through a glass darkly. We kind of look through the peephole, or we can maybe hear on the other side of the door. You ever do that when you're a kid? Mom and dad are talking, and you're like, your, head, your ear is to the door, right, trying to figure out. But it's kind of muffled, right? And then someone opens the door real quick and you fall over. <laughs> I mean, I've done that a few times, right? Um, but when God opens the door, Revelations 3, it's a door that no man can shut. And then he shuts doors that no man can open. And then in some cases in 320, he knocks on our doors. Like, would you, would you let me in? Would you let me be in your life and, and bring, bring hope, bring a door of hope, bring a, bring a change, a, uh, a, a real eternal change? How about bringing an eternal idea into the conversation, an eternal idea into the situation? Um, it's a beautiful thing. First uh, Corinthians 16, 8, and 9, there's a door of utterance. Door of utterance that we would speak the mysteries of Christ. And I think um, in this generation that we're in, we're uh, we're seeing that people really want to hear from God, and they they really want the Bible. And and really, this next generation, we've said it before, the third largest unreached people group is in the United States. And do you know why? It's because this generation has not been discipled in the Bible. And so when you go soul winning, when I go soul winning, we go ministering, what are we doing? We're opening the door of Jesus Christ to, the, to, to these people, and we're saying, listen, he is better than you can imagine. Your questions can be answered. The church is a place of refuge, right? Isn't that beautiful? It really is. So look at this in Colossians. Door of hope, a door of hope. I mean, really, uh, we're discovering Christ every day, aren't we? 
It's, it's, a, it's a journey of discovery. Like today, you're here. Thank you for coming today. What's going on in your life? We're, we're in the process of discovering God in a deeper way. And um, yeah, Colossians 4, 3, look at this. This is good. It says, it says con- this is the verse I think God gave us uh, as we do mission work in Atlanta. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, verse 2, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. What kind of door? A door for the word. To speak the mysteries of Christ. So what, it, you know, life doesn't make sense, but it makes more sense in the mystery, doesn't it? Makes more sense in the mystery. It's almost a paradox, like mysteries are not usually sensible. But with Christ, life makes a whole lot more sense with Christ than without him. So when you're, when you're uh, you know, we'd met some African families and um, we had some contacts that we were given and we were sitting in one, one, um, one living room and there were five kids and a, and a mom and uh, they're from uh, Kenya. I think. Oh, no, Sudan, Sudan. And um, I said, can we pray for you? And the room got really quiet, really quiet. And I thought, you know, I could just sense the burden. You ever walk into a place and you can cut the atmosphere with a knife? So the, the mom says one word, peace. And immediately I had this thought, like this thought immediately came to me. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was the spirit, but I knew, I kind of knew the situation. You ever have that happen? You kind of no information, all of a sudden you walk and the Spirit tells you exactly what's going on. It's a little, it's a little bit, it's not a little bit, it's supernatural. So we just prayed and um, the mother was weeping and, uh, and I spoke what I thought the Lord had said to me and she said, that's exactly what's going on. And I said, I said let's draw near to God, bring your family to church, don't suffer alone, draw near to God. And you <laughs> They were released. It was amazing. Um, people are stuck in their valleys. They are stuck there. But then there's a door. You, you're the door. Pastor Carl or April or, or Bill, you're, you're a door. You walk into people's life, and all of a sudden there's a message, and there's a, a way through. And then the words that God gives you releases the people uh, and brings them into divine, divine thinking. Look at Revelation 3. It's good, isn't it? You know what they say in Baltimore? You knock on a door and they open up a window, right? <laughs> How many times has that happened? You're like, all of a sudden the upstairs window open. You're like, that's happened a bunch of times. I love that. <laughs> We're selling Jesus. No, no. Okay, Revelations 3, 7, and 8. So maybe you're looking for a door. Maybe, you're, maybe uh, there's a situation that it seems things are closed or it seems like an impasse. But I love this in, in John 10, 7 through 9. Jesus is the door. He is the way through. And I think if we don't worry about how to get through things, 
Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.